This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Bruins power play to me uh, didn't seem very fluid really in any aspect of it being with the exception of the Jake DeBrus goal. Like that was a great tic-tac goal in transition, but it was in the final like 15 seconds of the power play. I feel like uh, so I feel like over the course they had four power plays and I just felt like it wasn't very fluid throughout most of them of the opportunities. However, the box score will tell you they, they went two for four and they're 50%. So, so no harm, no foul. I mean, if, if you, if you find a way to score, you find a way to score. You would like to see a very dominant power play where they're getting scoring chance after scoring chance. And eventually they put one in, but they don't ask how pretty they ask how many. And so the first example of that would be the first goal of the game, which that was again, the Bruins were effective in transition. Both both their power play goals were in transition, which I guess kind of illustrates that they weren't great in the zone. But Pashnak goes to the net. I think he went for a backdoor pass for Bertuzzi. Great stop by Bobrovsky, but the puck kind of laid there, and it looked like the ref blew the whistle, but everybody and their mother could see the puck was not tied up. It was loose just between Bobrovsky's legs, and eventually Marshan puts it home. I think everybody outside of the Florida Panthers bench would agree that that was the right call. Obviously, Paul Maurice and company are going to sit there and say, well, the ref blew the whistle. That shouldn't have been a goal, which that's that should have been a goal. That was a good goal by the Bruins and good stick to itiveness by them to to get the, the one nothing lead. Yeah, and I think just the fact that the power play did generate something in transition is is a change because for like the longest time, they were – getting nothing off of their entries. It was like that their only chance to do anything was after they got set up. And, you know, it's like you almost forget that a power play can also strike in transition. Like there's no law saying you have to get into the zone and then set up for 10 seconds. Um, So that, like that was encouraging to see. They were coming into the zone with speed and putting the puck right to the net. So, you know, yeah, maybe they weren't as good in zone, but, if you're doing that, then you're giving yourself multiple ways to strike. So uh, that was definitely encouraging to see the rush by Pasternak. You know, we just talked about he only has two points. Like in a fair world, he he should have an assist on that. It's just that, you know, so many guys are banging away at the rebound that enough other sticks touched it that he doesn't get one. But he sets that up by coming in with speed and putting a perfect pass to Bertuzzi that, was really a great save from Bobrovsky um, to keep that first chance out. Uh, yeah. And then the second one, same thing. It's, it's hall holding for a clean entry, cutting to the middle over to Orlov. And then just a great one touch pass right to, to DeBrusque in front. Um, so it was just that alone was encouraging to see from the Bruins power play it was carrying the puck in with more um, and creating chances that way. So 
you know, I think you'll you'll take that. And again, like let's remember that's an area where Bergeron and Krejci are always playing. They're always on the power play. So it's different personnel and there are naturally going to have to be adjustments when you don't have those two guys. So I think, and they're not practicing a lot. You don't practice a lot in the playoffs when you're going every other day. So some of it is, you know, they have to figure this out on the fly, um, how to get things going with these different units and without Bergeron and Krejci out there to help lead them. And, you know, they at least figured out the entries, uh, which is where it all starts. So, you know, you would think as they go on, they should get better in the zone as well. Yeah, and that, that DeBrusque power play goal was just tic-tac-toe passing with Orlov and Hall. Um, and DeBrusque has become, you know, the the garbage goal scorer. He's always out in front of the net. His his goals have come just right there, right around the crease. Um, and that's what that's a good role for him to have him down there on the power play um near the net. He's he's good at just picking rebounds off of pads and and finding the puck there. Um, and then so they they did have a little bit of different power play units with Hall um out there on the second unit this time. And I mean, he gets rewarded for having good five on five play and also the fact that, you know, you're missing two really key pieces on the power play. Um, but yeah, Brian, to your point, there were some times where it looked slow. And then there was that one Panthers power play where they were able to to get the lead back to just one goal because they had such a dominant power play performance that they scored on. Um, and it almost felt like the Bruins penalty killers were doing as much as they possibly could have but they still couldn't stop that power play like that. If the Panthers can do that, every power play, you know, that that's dangerous. Um, and in, the, in that moment, that was in the third period in that moment, you kind of felt like they knew if they lost game four, they lost the series. Right. Cause they, they had the stats up. It's like 90% of teams that are up three to one win the series. And, um 50 percent. if it's tied to two obviously it's 50 50 so those are a huge different in odds of you winning the round so you needed to to find a way to dig back into it and the the annoying part if you're panthers fans if the frustrating part if you're a panthers fan was that they did that they got the game within one goal um and then some some stupid stuff happens where you don't look like you're you're trying your best to to take the game because you got Montour taking a dumb penalty at the wrong time. Um, like you, you're, you're trying to, at that point, you're trying to come back from a two goal lead and you're doing things to that, that end up hurting yourself. So it was like, they showed both sides of that. Like we know we need to win this game or we're pretty much done, but the discipline wasn't there for Montour. I don't, I don't understand why he plays like that. Sometimes he's a good player. He doesn't have to do that. Well, I, I feel like, which which play in particular are you talking about, Bridget? Uh the in the end of the third, Montour, I think it was a cross checking penalty. Um, that it just doesn't that didn't make sense to me why at this point in the game you're gonna decide to do that. Well, I think discipline is definitely an issue for Florida uh, team wide, and I think a perfect example of that is is Matthew Kachuk. Right, he he's he put the Panthers on his back to get into the postseason. He's their leading scorer, I believe, through the first four games of the uh, of the postseason. Tremendous player. 
tremendous player, but it's a one nothing game, end of the first period, and he goes behind the net, and you guys mentioned it earlier, but he goes and just has a blatant cross check to the ribs. Now, I'm all for playoff hockey, and I'm all for gamesmanship and and, and all that and let, letting your opponents know that you're there. But that is a that's a cheap play because because there is no padding there. I mean, your chest protector, your, your uppers, they 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 stop right like right above your belly button, um, and your and your ribs are exposed. Your lower back is totally exposed. There's no there's no padding there, and and and, and Kachuk knows that, and he went there and and, and gave Hathaway a very a, a very very deceivingly hard cross check it was, it was it was it was well disguised it's just that the ref was right there uh so anyway it was a lack of discipline by Kachuk if you want to be a leader Matthew Kachuk will stand up for his teammates he'll drop the gloves he's not he's I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's a rat in the sense where like he won't he won't face the music he will he's one of those players who will drop the gloves on his terms but the refs saw it and and they got and and there was no reason for that play and he and he took a minor penalty for it and of course the bruins come out in the second period and they do what good teams do and and they make their opponents pay for stupidity and and matthew kachuk is he has to skate across the ice knowing that his his ill-advised play put his team down two goals and then of course matthew kachuk scores the goal to get them back within one so it's kind of a full circle microcosm of what he means to that team and what he's capable of but well, the Bruins have been the far better composed team so far through the four first four games of the series. Yeah, and on Kachuk, I'll even say nine minutes left in the game, Bruins are up four to two. So Panthers need to come back. They need to score quick. And he gets into a slashing fight with McAvoy after the whistle. And they both go, so he's not, he's not handing the Bruins a power play. But the Bruins will take that trade off 100 times out of 100 at that point in the game in that situation, because they have the defense to still protect the lead. Uh, even with McAvoy in the box, the Panthers need Kachuk out there. They're down by two goals. They need goals. And he is their best offensive player. And he takes himself off the ice for two minutes with nine minutes left in the game. Like that's just for, for what purpose, for what, and to you know, so you could get an extra whack in on Charlie McAvoy. Like, that's that, just not being aware of the game situation and, and, and losing your cool and not being in, in control. And that Montour penalty I was talking about was a minute after that and it ends up with a four on three for the Bruins. So you're talking about two guys that usually you'd be looking to in crunch time to help your team. It was an interference penalty Montour took on, on Pasternak away, away from the, the play completely stupid right out in the middle of the zone. Um, and so both of those two guys that you want to help you claw back into it, um, are taking dumb penalties and they end up in the box. So, um, that they got, the Bruins got help from the Panthers in that way. They kind of started to beat themselves, uh, in a way, a little bit at the end there because they started to fall apart and that's not what a playoff team does. So do you feel like that play by Kachuk just to kind of go back to that? Cause it was a very polarizing play i think uh everybody would would admit do you think that's suspension worthy do you think the league will look at that i think we probably would have seen something by now if the league was look taking a further look do you feel like yeah i'm I'm gonna say no i think if 
if Hathaway got knocked out of the game or had broken ribs, then I would say it would be almost a guarantee that Kachuk would get a game. Um, well, we don't actually know what's going on with Hathaway. Like we ha- they haven't practiced yet. Yeah, um, I mean he re- he came back in the game. I know, but sometimes you come back and then you get it looked at after the game, and it's like, oh no, you probably shouldn't have come back in. So technically, we're not a hundred percent sure he like hadn't gone through a full diagnosis of stuff before he came back in. Scott, doesn't the uh, doesn't player safety isn't what isn't their protocol to to assess the play based on the play itself, and then don't they potentially add to the suspension if? the player was hurt or can sometimes that injury be what makes it a suspension? I think it's a little bold, but yeah, injury is definitely taken into account. So my guess is he's probably going to end up getting fined is what I think. That kind of seems to be the NHL's default for bad cross checks or slashes. Is it they they'll go with the fine. They'll take the safe route where it's, Okay, we did we did something about it, but you know, ultimately players don't really care, especially when you're Chuck making nine and a half million and they take five thousand dollars out, like you know, he'll survive. So I would guess that's where it's gonna go. But yeah, had it been a more serious injury, like had Hathaway not been able to return to the game and we heard, you know, he's got broken ribs, then then I think Kachuk would be in danger. Um but so in that sense, he's lucky it wasn't more serious. Like he's lucky he didn't do more damage. Yeah. And then once again, if we're talking about him getting an actual suspension from it or, um, you know, cause he, he plays like that. You're talking about missing your best player in what is an elimination game in game five. Uh, if, if he were to have, you know, hurt Hathaway, like you mentioned, um, or if the league was to determine that, it was enough for a suspension. Now you're without your best player in, in, in game five. And that's just not, that's not how teams win. And that's the thing about Marshawn. It's like, he's kind of a different Marshawn um, talking to him after, I think it was game two, which obviously the Bruins lost, but Marshawn still played well. And we saw him not retaliate to a, like him getting hunted down in, in different situations. Um, that is the maturity level that Marshawn's been able to show that Kachuk has not learned yet. Um, and just the understanding the situation where you can't be baited into stuff or you, or you have to turn off that, um, side of your game because you know what the consequences could be. And you know that you don't want to be the person to drag your team down and, and hurt their chances of winning. So Marshawn has done a really good job with that. It is, he's like a reformed Marshawn. Uh, it's, it's kind of great. Yeah, I know. It's like he came out of a rat rat rehab but, <laughs> it, it, i mean i i was i was very i was very uh i was very impressed with him in game one because radko gudis was was tackling him like like defenses tackle christian mccaffrey running running up the middle and and for marshan to uh, just absorb that and and just keep playing through it and not even not even chirp him right like not even chirp him after the whistle just head down it was very impressive to me, and and it's it's definitely a telltale sign of a guy who he's been on the other side, and 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 he he knows he knows, especially with certain guys out, but he knows that he has to. He's at a different point in his career now, and he doesn't have to be that guy. And there's also guys in the Bruins roster that that they they can bring that if the Bruins need it. You have Trent Frederick, you have Tyler Bertuzzi, you have Garnet Hathaway, you have Loco, you have guys that can get their 
they, they can get in there and get involved in that stuff. I guess the question is, Marshan just always seems to play better when he is on the line but not over it. And I feel like if you do want to get the best out of him, I feel like that edge might have to be there at some point in this in these playoffs. Of course, not of course recognizing the line and not getting over it, but maybe does he need to inch a little bit closer to the to his boundaries at some point, you guys? No, not no. Well, I think he's playing whatever he's doing right now. Just keep doing that. Yeah, keep well, I also is. think. I think there's been a real recognition of like with Bergeron out and especially with Krejci out also, like he's the captain. He he still just has an A on his sweater, but I think it's like that light went off of like, I'm the captain. I'm in charge. Like I need now. to, I need to lead and do it the right way. So I think if you want him to get closer to that line, I think what helps him get closer to that line is Patrice Bergeron returns and Martian can be a little looser and, not so, you know, all right, I'm I'm the guy. I'm the one who needs to lead by example here. Like, I think Bergeron's presence allows him to kind of move back down to second in command and, and maybe toe that, that line a little bit more because, like, we, we've seen that in the past where, you know, he'll, he'll get a little crazy and Bergeron's the one who has to calm him down. We saw, you know, Bergeron put his arm around him on the bench. Was that last year or the year before, whenever? And it's like... He, I think he knows that when Bergeron's not there, he has to do that himself. Like he, he has to be the one in charge of his own emotions because there is no Bergeron there to calm him down. Um, so I, I think Bergeron returning could bring out that other side of Marchand a little bit. You know, we're probably never going to see him go back to five years ago. Or I say that, but I, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he will at some point if uh, if someone drives him crazy enough. But yeah, but this uh, series, like as of right now, the series doesn't dictate him doing that. No, not the, not this series, but maybe you know next round or whenever. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you find if the Bruins find themselves down in the series and with you know getting the getting themselves pushed around, then yeah, maybe it, that kind of style comes out of him. But as of right now, like the, he's in a good position where, and the Bruins in general in a good position where they are not the ones trying to claw back into it. They're not the ones trying to create the energy that, you know, to try to spark what's going to have to be three straight wins for Florida. Um, so there's a little bit less of that needed um, on the Bruins side. And I just want Marshawn to do what he's been doing because he has, where, as we mentioned at the end of the regular season was in a bit of a drought. Um, and, my article that I wrote about that too, people, I love when people angry tweet at me when they didn't read the whole article. <laughs> it's just like, no guys, the end of the article was a whole section about how in the playoffs, he always, he's been the team's leading goal scorer the last four playoffs. So like in the playoffs, it almost feels like all of that goes out the window and he can play, he can elevate his level and get, get to where his game needs to be for the playoffs. So we've seen that again. Um, and it was never really something that we were freaking out about, um, at least not on this podcast, uh, whether talk radio was doing it, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, they say, keep it the same, Marshawn. Do what you've been doing. Well, I think also part of it too is is looking at your opponent and seeing if one of their star players is kind of having their way with your team and maybe trying to get them off their game. Like obviously Matthew could chuck and handle himself and he's – 
He's obviously been doing a good job for Florida, but Sasha Barkov has had a pretty poor series in my opinion. And I think like if he was going off and the Bruins had all their guys in their lineup, like to Scott's point about maybe Bergeron being there and Martian being able to take it down a notch as far as like the good Samaritan stuff, I, you might, you might see him, you know, get into Barkov's grill a bit, but it just hasn't really been the way the series has played out. And honestly, I, I'm actually really, really surprised at how, knock on wood, I know it's only four games into the series and it's far from over, but Barkov has been non-existent. Um, what, what, one final point, because uh, we can touch on that, but one final point on Martian is more of a question. Do Does each series have the same officiating crew throughout the series? Because I've, I feel like the refs, if, okay, so sh- Scott's uh, shaking his head no. but no, I feel like, Yeah, it's different every game. I feel like either way, I feel like the refs have – Marshan gets reputation calls all the time. No doubt about it. I feel like – and he hasn't been penalized in this series. But I kind of feel like he's, like, becoming the ref's, like, best friends. Like, you're always seeing him, like, talk with them and, like, have, like, genuine conversations with them. And I feel like they, more than anybody, are recognizing what he's doing. And I kind of feel like they might appreciate a little bit. No, I mean, you see other guys across the league, like Michael Bunting. They're like a babysitter that doesn't, that like the kid's not having a tantrum that day. And they're like, thank you. I can actually just sit on the couch. It's one of the final steps of rat rehab. You have to yeah. you know, apologize to the people you've heard before. And <laughs> Martian's like, you know, seriously, I'm really sorry I screamed at you after you called a penalty on me in 2018. <laughs> Yeah, Wes McCauley, my my behavior affected you negatively like this, and I recognize that, and I apologize. <laughs> it's like it's just uh, Keith, what's his name, Kelly Kelly Sutherland, Kelly Sutherland. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you missed the trip on Noel Chari and I in '19, and I and I and I screamed <laughs> at you. I, I apologize. My my behavior affected you poorly, and I will never do it again. I have changed. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like sticking somebody in the nuts behind the rug. <laughs> Anyway, um, so Marshan, yeah, he's 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 been such a good Samaritan. I, I do think it, a big story in the series has been look, there's no doubt about it. Florida, when you're when you don't have the talent and the depth that uh the same talent and depth as the team that's lining up across from you, you have to try something. Florida knows that it would take a miracle or a goalie to stand on their head for them, even with the Bruins not at full health, to to win this series. And they're reverting to some tactics that look. If you can't beat them straight up, yeah, why not try to get Boston off their game? Why not try to agitate them? And quite frankly, I think that Florida has enough talent to to win with that style of play against a President's Trophy winning team. But the Bruins aren't a normal President's Trophy winning team because they have been there and they've done that. They have enough veteran leaders to not fall for that. Whereas a younger team in that position – might fall for it and get get knocked off their game, but not this Bruins team. So the Bruins have been – it's been very admirable Like because you watch the games, right? And as a Bruins fan, you want to be like, Frederick, get in there. Bertuzzi, get in there and, and, and you know, you know, drop the gloves with Bennett or Kachuk and, and put them in their place or, or Nick Cousins or something like that. You want that immediate satisfaction. But it is it is more appropriate to to be the bigger man, right? Brian, how about yeah. this? How about we leave the the fighting? You'll get your fair share of fighting that you want to watch if you just watch the Lightning series. Just like, I'm cool with this series, you know, not having that. And then I'll just tune in the next day and watch um, Austin Matthews fight Steven Stamkos for something. Yeah, which, <laughs> by the way, if 
if you're a Bruins fan, you know, obviously you got to finish off this series first, but you're getting the winner of that series and you got to love the way that series is going because those two teams are killing each other. Like Mm -hmm. clean hits, dirty hits, fights, like everything is it. Whoever wins that series is not coming into a series against the Bruins healthy. Like, no, I mean, whether guys are Braden points been out, like it's, it's been it's been all over the place there. Yeah. I feel like too, not to get ahead of ourselves, but like Tampa Bay is the more injured team at this point, I would say, and has taken a real beating in that series. Um Braden Point came back in that game and Hedman came back the next game, but still those are two key guys. If they're banged up and they're not a hundred percent, then that really plays into your into your favor. Um, and Toronto's kind of in, in a way been a little bit scary with um, how they've been so physical and been able to take guys out like that. So, um, yeah, and Bunting, like you don't want to play him. He's a cheap shotter. Um, di- different things like that. O'Reilly is super physical. I almost feel like you might want to draw at this point Tampa Bay just because of the circumstances of the way that Tampa's kind of dealing with some injuries and Toronto is not afraid to dole injuries out. Mm 